Welcome to episode number 17 with war veteran and committee chairman of the Holocaust Remembrance Education Program, Alan Silverberg. Welcome to the We Love Philly podcast. My name is Carlos Aponte, a Philadelphia school teacher whose mission is to promote volunteerism throughout the city of Philadelphia and help put the brotherly love back into the city of brotherly love. Each week, my students and I bring you a person or organization that is making Philly a better place. Thanks for spending some time with us, and let's dive in. Edmund Burke once said, all that is necessary for evil to succeed is that good men do nothing. And Dan Gillerman once said, as a generation of Holocaust survivors and liberators dwindles, the torch of remembrance of bearing witness and of education must continue forward. This week on the podcast, as I said, we're joined by Alan Silverberg. Alan Silverberg is part of the Jewish Vets Post 697 up in Levittown, Pennsylvania. They have made it their mission to go to different schools all around the tri-state area to give Holocaust education program. Some of the war veterans in their post were actually liberators during World War II. Some of them grew up in concentration camps. They all have varying experiences of what happened during World War II and specifically the Holocaust. My students and I have actually been volunteering over the past week with Alan to help him create a social media presence so that he can raise money for a community center in Krakow, Poland. Three things we talk about in this episode is how this is the last generation of humans on Earth that will be able to receive Holocaust education from people who experienced it. And we also talk about the importance of his program. We talk about what it was like for Alan to grow up in a Russian prison camp until the age of five. Really powerful stuff. And the 60-mile bicycle ride from Auschwitz concentration camp to Krakow, Poland to raise money for a Jewish community center that Alan will be riding. On June 28, 2019, so that only gives you a little over a week to donate to his cause. If you want to learn more about the Holocaust Remembrance Education Program, you can visit their website at jewishvetspost697.jwv.org, or you can email them about coming to your school for a free program at jewishvetspost697 at gmail.com. That's J-E-W-I-S-H-V-E-T-S-P-O-S-T-697 at gmail.com. If you want to learn even more about Alan's program, you can actually visit our brand new website that my students and I created, welovephilly.org. On the website, you can find our podcast, our volunteer videos that we make for the organizations that we serve. You can find our new blog called the Finding Philadelphia Volunteer Blog. We'll have different links from the podcast episode. We'll have a link that you can click on where you can donate to Alan's calls. There will be a link to send you to Alan's email. Everything that's from this episode that would make you want to explore more. And for a little bit more insight and our points of view of what it was like to volunteer, you can all find it on the Finding Philly Volunteer blog. Also on our website is a volunteer calendar that will be updated weekly of different volunteer organizations for our listeners to go and volunteer to have some fun in Philadelphia this summer. If you still would like to learn more about the We Love Philly program, you can find us on Instagram at We Love Philly and on Facebook at We Love Philadelphia. I'm really excited for you to learn from this episode. So here it is with Alan Silverberg.
Welcome to the We Love Philly podcast. I'm joined today with Alan Silverberg, the committee chairman for the Holocaust Remembrance Education Program. How are you, Alan? Great. Fantastic. Awesome. Thank you. We're also joined with my student, Kasim Karamoko, who came in during his summer vacation just for this interview. How are you feeling, Kasim? I'm feeling great, and I'm absolutely ready for this interview. Thank you. And thank, thank you for coming in just for that. Fantastic. <laughs> thank you. I'm honored. Thank you. It was nice to meet you. Same too. So Kasim and I actually met Alan at the Anti-Defamation League's Walk Against Hate. He had a table and he was volunteering his time to spread awareness. What were you there for? Most of our programs are to schools, public okay. schools, private schools, parochial schools. Uh, we also do 55 plus communities, uh, libraries we've done, parks and recreation, wherever there's a audience. that, uh, And we, our audiences have uh, been from, say, as low as say, 50 up to 600. Oh, people. People, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And it's, and it's a completely free program. I've been very successful. We have a speaker who was a um, hidden child in Belgium, and he talked about how he survived being a hidden child there and how some members of the family survived and, and one did not. What does that mean, a hidden child? He was hidden basically in a private home. Uh, the, the people hid him in their attic. Oh, during the Holocaust. Uh, during the Holocaust. Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah. So it's a fantastic story, and uh, it's a fantastic testimony, and I'd uh, love to, to as many people as possible to hear about this. And, oh, yeah. You know. So you go to the schools yeah. and you talk about remembering the events but of the because, Holocaust. Because of this thing called uh, eugenics, which uh, they felt, uh, people in Europe more so, that there are two groups of people, the super race, master race, okay. and then you have the everybody else, and everybody else, they're entitled to, to kill because they didn't want the, the, the subhumans to, to multiply. Yeah. So they basically- they So they're trying to use science to justify yeah, yes, racism. Right. And sadly, uh, I think some of the philosophy of eugenics basically originated in the United States. Yeah. And then later on, they to Europe, they sort of exp- expanded on that and made it so that it became, uh, you were white, tall, blonde hair, and blue eyes, okay? You were not part of Aryan race, not part of master race. And then they were entitled to basically they considered you part of subhuman, and they were able to title to kill you. Yeah. And they did because of that. Uh, over 6 million Jews were killed, 500,000, uh, a group in Europe that are called Romans, but in the United States they're called gypsies, plus um, Jehovah's Witnesses, uh, Catholics, uh, people from Eastern Europe, so Poland, Russia. They felt those people were uh, subhuman, and they just wanted to kill them. Yeah. It's terrifying that one man could use his words and kind of put a spell on an entire population to get them to buy into what he was selling. It's, it's terrifying. Right. It's, it's one man, yes, but it was a, again, it was back to anti-Semitism. It's been around for, for thousands, almost 2,000 years. And because of that foundation that he sort of could build on, one of the things I do in the class, uh, the verse presentations, I ask, how many Jews do you think were in Germany? And some people raised hands, six million, eight million, 10 million. Actually, there was less than, uh, less than 500, about 500,000 Jews were in all of Germany. Yet they said that they lost World War I because of Jews. Yeah. They lost all these things because of Jews. But so they really, they tried to find a scapegoat. Yeah. And because of that, and it was convenient for, for their philosophy and convenient for maybe other people to serve justify what they're doing so because of that six million jews were killed yeah it sounds like fear then was used fear and also prejudices yeah fear and hate to build onto that uh that base yeah do you see any parallels to what's going on today in the way there is not quite the same thing as that but uh, there is anti-semitism has been within the last couple years has sort of risen 
both United States and also even in, in Europe too. Yeah. So you don't go and speak alone on this. No, the gentleman I mentioned earlier is uh, Danny Goldsmith. He is part of, of our speakers program and he comes on and talks about how he survived during World War II as a hidden child in, in Belgium. Yeah. Uh, he survived, but his father did not. His father was sent to Auschwitz and, and, and wow. murdered there. Yeah, I was doing research on you and I saw you're part of the Jewish War Veterans Post right. 697. That's right. And it was cool being a history teacher. I saw it's the oldest veterans post in the country. Is that correct? Our post had been was started in, after World War II, but the, the veterans, Jewish War Veteran itself was the oldest one in the, in the country. Yeah, yes. that's amazing. So what do they do? We try to sort of promote veterans' rights, try to see what we can do to advocate for their various issues that they may have. Does the Jewish War Veterans Post... Is it for all veterans? All or? veterans. Oh, okay. Yeah, all veterans. But That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we have one of our veterans. He was a GI that liberated DACA concentration camp. He was always came to all our programs, and he passed away at 96 and a half years young. Wow. And he was a phenomenal guy, and uh, we sort of miss him. Uh, but we're still, our program still in existence, and we're still doing a lot of things. In the last two years, we've done about 15,000 attendees. Getting educated what happened then, hopefully prevent it for recurring now or in the future yeah so, history repeating itself yeah absolutely yeah so i'm ashamed to say i don't know if you knew it i didn't know holocaust remembrance day was a national day in the united states mm-hmm. it's I, also international it's international, international. Yeah. see i had no as a history teacher i was like oh my god i should have known this so i saw that it was on may 2nd this year 2019 mm-hmm. doing a little research i said i saw that the day was to commemorate the warsaw ghetto uprising in 1943 on the eve of passover right. do you know that story so what again one reason there was an uprising is that the the germans put the jews into a smaller smaller area of warsaw and they also allocated about 187 calories per, per day per person 187 calories. calories per day per person basically that's enough for you to die with 30 days really and you know that's less than a candy bar right yeah and so some people you know wound up basically eating the pets or grass or about 80,000 people died because of malnutrition and, uh, and diseases that basically spread because of that, because they were jam-packed so tight, it was, it was wow. horrible. And so because of this uprising, the Germans were concerned that if other c- cities would f- find out that you can go against the German might, they would have a big problem. Yeah. So basically they annihilated everybody there and uh, they basically leveled the whole town of Warsaw. It's been rebuilt. I was there about seven years ago. Some of the buildings, they, they tried to keep the same uh, facade or front as before, but in the back of it, it's just all, all modern because, again, everything was basically torn down. Wow. Poland was conquered by Germans in about 30 days. It took the Germans 30 days to squell the uprising to, in, in, in Warsaw. Yeah. So even though they didn't have they didn't have military might, they didn't have tanks, they didn't, but they had you know armor, they whatever weapons they could find or spirit. whatever spirit yeah. was there. Yeah. Wow. How, in your opinion, do we make sure things like this don't happen again? It's it's such a long stream of consciousness for humans, right? There's right. the Holocaust, there's Rwanda genocide, Cambodia genocide, Darfur, Congo, right, Armenia. Right. It's yeah. been something that's plagued the human race right. for a very long time. What do you think are the steps to make sure it doesn't happen again? Again, the main thing is education. A lot of people do not know about the Holocaust, uh, yeah. but uh, 60% of uh, 
people do not know the Holocaust or what happened there. Oh, wow. Even what transpired there, some people don't even know the name of the concentration camps or even Auschwitz. Yeah. Sadly, uh, Pennsylvania is sort of lacking many other states. Uh, there are right now about 12 states that have Holocaust education. Pennsylvania is one of them. But in Pennsylvania, it's, it says it's okay to teach Holocaust, but there's no funding behind it. There's no mandate behind it. Yeah. New Jersey is the opposite. New Jersey, state funds and helps the teachers learn so they can teach their students. Yeah. Pennsylvania does not have that. 2014, a bill was passed that within two years, they're going to do a study how many schools teach the Holocaust. And they're looking for about 90%. So as it turned out, if there was less than 90%, then the state was going to come in and make a, like a lesson plan. Yeah. Turned out uh, about 92% had some kind of Holocaust education. In fact, I was there uh, myself. Our post was there when the bill was uh, signed by uh, Governor Corbin at that time. It's, it's called Pennsylvania Act 70 about teaching the Holocaust. Yeah. So it's a program that's been in existence, but again, there's no funding behind it. And so therefore, it's just like saying, do you want to pay your taxes? Go ahead. If you don't want to pay your taxes, yeah. you, know, you don't have to. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So since, since education is how we spread the word and Absolutely. get it out so, there, what would you say the three top lessons that students can learn from the Holocaust are? The main thing is what happened at that time period and why it happened. Yeah. And the second one, I think, or just importantly, is what we can do now to sort of learn about other people. The human race is not just one group of people. And the one group of people should not be the, uh, the rulers of yeah. everybody else. That we're all on the same earth. We're all living uh, together and should be living together. And we're all breathing the same air. So there's no reason that one, sh one group should say they're superior over anybody else. Yeah. I completely agree with that. That's amazing, yeah. Since you're a student, how has your Holocaust education been? Were you taught it in we, your previous classes? Yes, we were absolutely. We were taught it. Our reading teacher, Ms. Rambo, she definitely spoke about how it went, what they went through, the individuals, how, like you explained, how it was hard for them to eat food and mm -hmm. find shelter. And everybody was in fear so and crowded so that made people do things that were insane. Like you mentioned, well, you're out that uh, he went to Bartram School and uh, two years ago we were there. Oh, we, wow. gave, we gave, uh, actually, for, we gave a Hawkins presentation at that time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Bartram High School. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's amazing, giving more, showing kids, students, what happened back then so they can be more appreciative and view and find solutions on how we can not, allow anything like that to happen or the idea of that to happen again. Yeah. So what does it look like when you go into a classroom? Do you bring artifacts? Do you have, yeah, we, we have a presentation? We, we do have a presentation and uh, we talk about it. And and, uh, and also the Jews at the time period, basically they're hounded like animals. I mean, if you're Jewish, uh, not only yourself, but also generations back, you're hounded because you had some uh, Jewish ancestry. And um, it's sad uh, what happened during that time period, and it's sad that uh, uh, so many people basically perished because of that. Yeah. Do uh, you do you have a direct relationship with the yeah, events? Uh, no way. Yes, my parents were from Poland. Okay. And when the Germans were coming in, into Poland, they're coming east, and the Russians uh, told my mother that uh, to come to uh, their side, they would take care of her. Uh, as it turned out, she she was she was only about. 410, 411th height, but they made her chop the um, ice off the railroad tracks. And so uh, 
so I, actually, I was, I was born in a Russian labor camp. Oh, wow. And then uh, later on, we went to, um, after the war, we went to uh, Germany. It was called a DP camp, a displaced persons camp. And I was there for uh, about five years. And then uh, one of our uh, relatives, uh, it's called sponsor. You know, you could not come to the United States unless you had a sponsor. Yeah. So uh, he, they sponsored us, and we came here. And then uh, I came here as about seven and a half. And uh, it was a long journey um, across the ocean, and I'll never forget it because I kept throwing up. Every, I say this, I kept throwing up every day. It was it was horrible. Oh my God! It was, it was a it was a converted ship, of the uh, General Stewart, and uh, it was a um, terrific time. But again, uh, I did not suffer as much as many other people who, as adults, yeah. who basically were either murdered or uh, or some that were not that. Uh, they they survived. Yet some of them had to go through these death marches. Uh, some of them had to uh, even you know be hit, they themselves were hidden child in different you in, in the forest or something else like that. So it was a horrible time for a lot. Yeah. During during a time period. Yes, yeah. it was World War II, but um, many Jews uh, perished because of that. Uh, um, it was a time period that uh, hopefully that said so the world has learned what we should not do. Yeah. Okay? And the world has learned that uh, something called, uh, in Jewish tradition, thing, uh, thing called tikkun olam, which basically means to make this, uh, repair the world or make this a better world for everybody. Yeah. In other words, you don't necessarily have to start by yourself to make this a better world or even finish it by yourself, but at least to a start to make it better so that uh, everybody can benefit from that. And how do you say that again? Tukun alone. alone. Tukun alone. Yeah. I love that. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Tukun alone. And also there's something else called uh, Lador Adore means from generation to generation that we should teach these from generation to be, uh, again, make this a better world for everybody. Yeah. Can you recall or pinpoint the direct moment that you knew the work you were doing was something you were meant to be doing? I joined the uh, Jewish War Veterans and they had a, a program and uh, we had a gentleman who... Uh, Named Goldstein, uh, he did a fantastic job. And actually, let me go back up a little bit. It was started in the uh, late 60s. A bunch of the GIs, they brought placards of pictures of what happened during the Holocaust. It was the Oxford Valley Mall in, uh, Lang in Langhorn. I don't know if you're familiar with it yeah. at all. Uh, it was on the upper level. And uh, they would, people would come and ask questions. And, uh, and they would, uh, people that were during, uh, from that time period, answer the, the questions uh, that was brought up. And then from that, we, we started going to schools. And, uh, and then um, when uh, uh, Ms. Goldstein uh, could not continue on the program, I sort of uh, fell in place and I took it over. And I said, which, that's why we're doing about uh, uh, 15,000 uh, attendees every two years. It's amazing. That's great. Yeah. Can you see yourself speaking in front of that many people? Um, if I put my mind to it, yes. Yeah. Being influenced, anyone, I feel like any student would be inspired to want to speak in front of thousands of people after hearing the story and experience of how brave you are, they'll, they'll know, oh, we can, why, why not speak? Um, it took a lot of strength to do that. Let's use our will and our courage to show them that we understand what they taught us. And like you said, make the world a better place. Yeah. And the term Kulunda. Takun alone. And we also try to be an outstander, not a bystander. 
Because like one, one is the reason a lot of things happen because too many people are bystanders. Yes. As you bystander, you just let things happen. What's, what's going on? You sort of go with the flow. It's yeah. not some, for some things, you should not go with the flow. But one and a half percent of people did something to help Jews during that time period. It means 98 and a half percent of people did nothing. Yeah. So it's important to stand out and do something, make, do something to make this a better world. Definitely. Not let, let these things happen. Yes. So I know coming up, I believe it's June 28th, uh, you're doing the 2019 Ride for the Living. Right. What is that? The Ride for the Living is basically some years ago, there was a gentleman, a, a Holocaust survivor. He walked from Auschwitz to Krakow, uh, Poland. It's about 60 miles, and he walked that distance. And there was a, another, later on, there was a gentleman who was biking through Europe, and it was, he, I think he did about maybe maybe 1,200 miles or something like that. And then he decided to bike until and in Auschwitz. But he felt, and it should not end in Auschwitz. So he decided he biked from Auschwitz to Krakow, Poland. Initially, um, people said, well, that's a good idea. Let's, maybe let's expand on that. Yeah. So initially, there were about maybe five, five, I think five, and then later on, it grew more to 16 and, and went up. So uh, hopefully in this, in this time period, It'll be about, we're going to have about 250 bikers. In Krakow, um, there's a uh, Jewish, called Jewish Community Center. Most of the Jews in Poland were basically decimated. I mean, 90% of people of the Jews were killed off. So there's uh, one gentleman uh, who's trying to rebuild this center, and he's been very successful. It's going into, I think it's left 12th year now, and uh, it's doing very good, and so what we're trying to do is raise, raise funds to sort of help them to rebuild the thing. They have about 60 so, uh, Holocaust survivors that are go to the center. They have a child education uh, thing. They have a lot of fantastic programs going on there, and so we're, we're trying to raise money uh, for that. At the same time, too, um, as a raising money for it, also trying to make uh, Holocaust education be more known to more people. Yeah. That, that's, so you're doing the 60-mile bike ride yep. uh, in two weeks. My, my you're, hope, you're... hope is when I was there seven years ago, when I was in Auschwitz, it was about 100 degrees. Oh, my God. And I hopefully that this time it will not be that way because it's kind of hard to, to, to pedal 160 <laughs> miles, uh, 100 degrees with, with humidity. Yes. So I'm just hoping. <laughs> How long does this take? Maybe uh, seven hours, six hours, seven hours. Wow. Yeah. And you're 50 years young. You're uh, doing a little this. more than that. What? You're still young. I believe you can do this. Uh, I was born in 43. You were born in 1943. All right, we'll let our listeners do the math on that one. Oh my gosh. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, that is amazing. Yeah. So I said, uh, I think it's worth very worthwhile cause. And so uh, I'm reaching out to your audience and the audience's audience, or and yeah. the that is aware that, uh, that uh, this is happening. And hopefully, that's uh, we're, um, I'm about uh, two thirds of my goal and hopefully that again no no amount is too small yeah and no amount is too large yeah all right and where can they go to donate is there it's right uh it's on the website ride for the living 2019 if you go on there and click on the mines under alan silverberg and it says dash the importance of holocaust education yeah and if you can just again under alan a double l a n Last name is Silverberg, S-I-L-V-E-R-B-E-R-G. And to donate now, so hopefully people will donate nice. now. Yeah, we'll link that to the website and the social media and everything. Definitely, yeah. If you could go back in time 
tell the teenage version of yourself three things, what would you tell you and why? I guess the main thing is education. 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 You need to educate yourself what's what happened then and what's happening now, and hopefully avoid a tragedy uh, for future. Two is do not hate. Yes. And one of the reasons all these various things happen because there's one group of people that hate another group. Yes. Okay. Whether hated because of their religion, their color, their height, I mean, ethnicity, uh, whatever it is. Uh, the Nazi philosophy was that if you're not white, tall, blonde hair, and blue eyes, uh, you're not Aryan and you're not part of master race. Well, first, number one, to back up, Hitler was not tall. Yeah. He did not, yes, he was white, didn't have blonde hair and no blue eyes, nor was he from Germany, basically he was from Austria. Yeah. Wow. So, yet uh, he made it sound like he is so Germanic. He is so Aryan. Yeah. And he, because of that, he wrote a book called Mein Kampf, and he, so he spelled his philosophy, and he used the Jews as scapegoats so that he could go on, on to uh, a certain level of dominance, and they, he wanted to dominate the world. So I would love to send some love your way. Yeah, Chad, you go first, please. Yes, me as well. Thank you for what you're doing. Okay. And thank you for, I learned a lot just from listening. And I I could apply with some of the information you just spoke about, like education. You said, I'll take that into consideration and keep learning. And also remember, do not hate. Okay. And one one thing, the doctor, and an interview that was done by this group from came in from Marshall Spain that taped us, Dr. Bass mentioned too that some people, they, the way they respond is by using their fists, fighting among themselves, you know, the kids. and he said, there is no reason for that. There, you should not have to do anything like that. You should be able to, uh, you know, solve problems uh, in the playground, but with your fists or off, uh, off the uh, premises, that you should learn to, uh, number one, um, that we are all pretty much the same. Okay? Yeah. And being the same, there's no reason to fight amongst ourselves. Yeah. So he, um, so he said, do not hate and, and find other ways to make uh, change the world in a positive way. Yeah. Like that, rem- what you just said, remind me of what Mr. Aponte told us, that love, to send love instead of hate. Yeah. And, right. and realize the enemy is actually the inner me. Like right. it's like something that you have to just love. Yeah. Well, show it something you're right. dealing with right. and you're yeah. throwing it right. onto other people. There's no reason to put yourself in a position where you are better than somebody else. Yeah, I would love to send love your way as well mm-hmm. because of what you do. I know that you're doing all of this in your free time, not for free. You go to these schools, you educate children, you let them know that if you don't learn from the history, you are doomed to repeat right. it. And as a history teacher, I have a lot of respect for, right. for you doing that. I get satisfaction in talking to students, but also even people in, uh, when we go to 55 communities. And some of the, even they did not know yeah. what was going on. And when I was going through the school system, I'm originally from Chicago. They didn't teach Holocaust education uh, whatsoever. Yeah. And so, uh, so I had to learn a lot of things on my own. And uh, the Holocaust is one of the most widely source of material there is in the world. The Germans were excellent um, record keepers of everything. They even kept records of how many lice each person had every day. And they, there are tons and tons of resource material out there. But again, you have to sort of be careful too, because also, sadly, there are too many deniers. Yeah. 
and they said, how could that not happen? Or they say, well, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't six million. It was maybe four million. It's, uh, it's a million and a half. Uh, there's a sad story of Hawk um, Denier said that six million weren't killed. Then somebody asked him, like, what happened? He said, well, he said, well, they all moved to the United States. So all the United States, so we're all the United States, well, they, they're all, they killed in car accidents. So you have a certain mentality of people yeah. that uh, I cannot justify, I cannot explain. So you have all kinds of people that uh, try to minimize it, they try to um, maybe justify it, or they try to do something to talk around it. But uh, yeah, they're just feeding did, into the hate. Yeah, but yeah. so Hawkins did happen, and there's tragedy right now as time goes by. We're losing more and more of uh, GIs. I mentioned before, we had a uh, 96 and a half year young Jalur Daka. He passed away. So we're losing a lot of uh, GIs from the time period. Uh, we're losing uh, a number of survivors. Yeah. And something else, too, during our presentation, uh, Mr. Goldsmith mentioned that to the uh, high school and, and middle school students that what they're seeing is basically the last, they'll be the last generation they'll see a hot, live Hawkins survivor. We were just talking about that before yeah. you came. And it's um, by coming to our program, we're a little different. I mean, you, this way you don't have to go to a museum, you don't have to read a book about it or see a movie about it. Here you can see and talk to and ask questions one on one on a, somebody who survived during that. Yeah, who lived it. Yeah, that's so time. powerful, so yeah. strong. Yeah. So, one last question, since we were talking about hate, we'll flip it to the opposite. Okay. What's your definition of love? Definition of love is basically uh, understanding that you, what is around you is not everybody. Okay, We're around you, there, there, there are many other people who have both different religions, different colors, different heights, different uh, perspectives that we all together, should be all together and should all try to make this a better world for everybody. Not just the before, not be bystander, but be uh, outstanding, try to do something, make it different. Uh, yeah. One of the things I, besides this, I also deliver food uh, for people that are a group called JR, Jewish Relief Agency. That we, uh, once a month, they deliver about, uh, I think it was the last time I saw about 3,300 meals, uh, packages of food to try to serve uh, help in different ways. Yes, thank you for that. Hopefully, uh, will maybe invite us in to give a, a Hawkins education program at their school. It's a completely free program. We do this. All, we don't do this a couple times a year. We do this all year round. We're available to to do that. So, if any questions, I guess I should contact uh, your. Yeah, do you your have site. an email if people are listening from a school they can reach out to you to get I'll, you to come I'll, in? I'll give you. I'll, I'll give you the our website uh, information okay yeah, we okay. would love to be of service okay great thank you so much for your okay. time this is called just my thoughts where i give my takeaway from the episode you just heard so it was mind blowing to listen to a firsthand account of what the Holocaust was like from someone that was born there. To grow up your first five years of life in a Russian prison camp and to make it out of there, travel to a country that's completely foreign to you 
and then serve the, that country as a veteran in multiple wars is absolutely humbling experience to learn from Alan. The work that he is doing is absolutely amazing to go and spend his free time, his retirement to constantly going to schools to raise awareness about the Holocaust, to travel to different countries. This man is doing a 60 mile bicycle ride. That's like from Philadelphia to Atlantic City, not for himself, not for his own accolades, but to raise money for a town that was decimated Krakow, Poland by the Nazis during World War II and to help them raise money so they can have educational programs and serve the community there. I knew I had to have Alan on the podcast and I'm super grateful. He taught my students and I so much about the Holocaust and it reminds me of how lucky we are as citizens of the United States that we have armed forces to protect us on a daily basis. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Join us next week when we will be interviewing the organization behind the Pride Festival, the biggest one Philadelphia has ever seen a couple weeks ago, so you can learn what it actually takes to put on an event of that magnitude. Have a good week. (laughs) 